0: Hey, parents, it's good to have you back with us for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, Brain Science Approach to Parenting. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Green, as always. And we are here once again to answer one of our listeners' questions. And we really appreciate when you send in your questions. You can do that at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And uh, that's a great place to submit your questions. Also encourage you to head on over to Facebook and do a little search for Wonder of Parenting and join our group. It's a private group, uh, but uh, a lot of people on there, and you can connect with each other. And occasionally Michael and I will do a Zoom cast just for our uh, Facebook page uh, listeners. And uh, so we encourage you to head on over there and do that. And Michael, while I'm thinking about it, uh, tell us a little bit about the Helping Boys Thrive Summit coming up here in October.
1: Yes, uh, HelpingBoysThrive.org is the place to go for anyone listening, HelpingBoysThrive.org. We're going to do our next Helping Boys Thrive event actually as a telesummit. Um, we we often do these around the country with local organizers, wonderful people, um, but because of the COVID protocols, Tim realized, why don't we do this as a telesummit? Uh, it was his idea. It's a great idea, and um, because of generous sponsors, we're able to... Uh, provide this tele-summit with me, Tim, and Eva Dwight uh, with educators, uh, giving our talks on October 1st and doing it through, you know, all the wonderful technologies that exist. Uh, But then for a whole week, those are going to be, those recorded talks will be available. People can come back to them and look at them. And so, uh, and the sponsors are allowing us to charge very little for it. So when you go to helpingboysthrive.org, you'll get all the info. You can sign up there, schedule, everything is there. And we hope people from around the world will be able to come now to this.
0: Yeah, parents, teachers, grandparents, coaches, uh, behavioral therapists, church leaders, uh, anybody who's working with boys or raising boys, are gonna, uh, it's going to find this to be a, a great help. So we hope you'll join us for it. Mm. Uh, today, Michael, we've got a, a question that really is heartfelt. And I think there are going to be a lot of parents who may not identify with this specific situation, but will be able to identify with it more generally. I know that as a pastor, I hear things like this all the time from families, uh, and it has to do with reconciling with kids and uh, some relationships that may have been broken. So let me read the specific question, and then we can chat about this specifically and then more broadly um, she starts off by saying she loves our podcast and we thank you very much for that. Uh, I have three girls, uh, two of them are stepchildren uh, of my husband's and one is biological. I'm afraid that I have ruined my relationship with my stepdaughters. I was severely ill-equipped to parent teenagers and I'm afraid that through my zealous parenting, it came across as psychological abuse and my children have been removed from my house. My husband and I are working toward getting them back. We've been told that we have to take parenting classes, and I've been listening to every podcast on parenting to see some alternative ways of dealing with kids. I have listened to your Mother's Day podcast from last year, and I was sad to hear about Michael's relationship with his mother. My question, is it possible to regain my daughter's trust? I'm desperate to learn anything at this point. And I want to just say thank you for your honesty and for asking this question because your broken heart is, broken heart of a lot of parents
1: go ahead michael absolutely yeah well said and i I do thank her also for writing this in it's um this is you know obviously happening to i don't know hundreds of millions of people uh so the situation the situation uh she i mean to some extent has to forgive herself for being suddenly placed in a situation where um, she marries someone, that person has two kids, because of course the their child together came much later, um, has these two kids. She suddenly has to become a parent, doesn't have experience as a parent, and uh, is dealing with of course the natural resentment they have, the kids have of her, um, and uh, whatever was the situation previously, the resentment from the children can come from her presence in their father's life, uh, and or... From seeing her as a betrayal of their mother and um, that always makes it's in those situations also where things get even more difficult between a step I'm gonna say with stepmom here because that's our question but it can be extrapolated out a stepmom and the stepkids um, uh, because the kids have those loyalties and both those loyalties are being are being tarnished by the presence of this person then this person tries to do her job as a parent and um, uh, because she she needs to and and the dad could be gone a lot maybe she's just there with them all the time and needs to parent them uh, and it's just natural to try to to mentor them and parent them so i think she has to be forgiven for um what has happened we don't know exactly what has happened but some mistakes were made and i think she has to forgive herself for those and and now move on what will what will need to happen if they do get Parenting back in order to repair the relationship. What will need to happen, I I believe, is for her to, uh, for them to be involved in family counseling or some intervention that allows them to communicate. Since these kids are teens, the good thing is these kids are middle teens now. uh, The two step kids, so they're middle teens, so they're they're conscious. They can discuss these things if we can get them to the table. um, And it may need family counseling for this. If we can get them to the table, they can talk about. She can obviously apologize for what she feels were errors. Hopefully they can apologize for some of the things they probably did with her uh, in terms of their own resentments. Um, and they can move forward. And since they're middle teens already, a lot of parenting from her is not going to be required now. Some will be, but not a lot. And they have they have a mom, they're living with their mom now, They have a dad, um, biological most of the parenting now, especially for middle teens can happen there. So some of the pressure is off her. Now the pressure would have been worse when they were younger, but now they're, you know, they're nearly grown up, uh, and they have the other two biological parents. So I think that would be the way forward her. She asked, can I ever repair it? And I, I don't know enough about that situation. I always go into this when I help families saying, yes, that things can be repaired. Um, and that what we and trust can be rebuilt and what we would need to do is go through in in family counseling is the way i'm involved in it go through family counseling that in which everyone airs what happened for them and then you know everyone gets through what what she says psychological abuse what that was and what those mistakes were why they were made how they were made and then commitment not to make them again um, now that you understand what they are, and now that everyone's talked about it, we've been in counseling. Uh, I would think this could be a one-year process or more of, of what I'm talking about. Um, it could take a year or more. And is it possible that one of these children will never decide to trust her again? Uh, yes, that is possible. Um, uh, and hopefully she'll be able to let go of that and just say, okay, that's... I can't, I've tried, I can't fix that. This child is now 20 and doesn't trust me. Um, and and it, it may be that that's what that family lives with. And it only pops up during family reunions or something, you know, and that that's what they live with. But I would go into it hoping for the repair and the rebuilt trust. And luckily now, she does have a much younger child and she... You know, this has happened between her and her stepkids. This hasn't happened. At least my read of this email is this hasn't happened with her and her two-year-old. She's she's fine with her two-year-old. So she does have the second chance, uh, and whatever mistakes she made in step parenting, she'll know now, and she won't make those mistakes in parenting this biological child.
0: Well, and we were never meant to start parenting with teenagers. (laughs) You know, we were supposed to, you know, grow into it. And uh, so she, you know, she already had a tough go of it to start. Do yeah. you think that um, someone like this, this listener, would benefit from some personal therapy, just to kind of deal with her own internal stuff, and and or or is she going to be okay oh, doing yeah. it? Is something with her husband?
1: Oh yeah, I think the family counseling is going to involve some um, personal therapy for various parties. I, I I would think so, and there are two ways in which generally two ways in which therapists do this. Some therapists will take on the whole family and then also provide the individual therapy, Um, you know, not in the family sessions, but in individual sessions. And there are some therapists out there who say no to that. They say, I only do family counseling. If you want, you know, your own individual therapy, you would go find someone else, let me refer you to this person. So, you know, both of those are strategies that people use. Um, I, when I was doing much more family counseling of this depth, right? Before I was on the road as much, I was doing a lot of this. And I did, I did uh, want to see everyone in family counseling and individually. I felt that that just gave me more information. Seeing people individually gave me more information to help them in family counseling. Um, but I also get the logic of not doing it that way, keeping family counseling separate so that no one, um, so that the therapist is not Taking in a little bit of data from this one person and extrapolating it out when maybe you know what that one person said wasn't correct, right? So, so uh, just be aware when people go looking for therapists to do the individual therapy and the family counseling that there are these two ways of doing it, and they're both good. They both they both have assets. Um, uh, she, I would say that to help her, especially because she has this new child, you know, absolutely, I think therapy would be good because because a lot of stuff will have come up for her in what went on between her and the stepkids a lot of stuff about herself will have come up as you're mm-hmm. hinting a lot of that will have come up and you know some of that might have come up even if she hadn't had stepkids there she's bringing stuff to the table that that you know she may have past traumas i mean there may be a lot of stuff in her that she would want to heal and then so the positive of what has happened here is it becomes the opportunity for her to make this decision that okay uh, you know, I'm still relatively young. You know, I can heal this stuff, and live a, a better life. So I would go yes on all counts to what you said.
0: Again, I I appreciate so much that this is a a mom who recognizes uh, and takes responsibility for the things that she didn't do well, and. It's probably true that there were other dynamics involved as well, but she's owning up to her slice. She's obviously wounded over this, and that's why I think your advice about learning to forgive herself is really solid. So what are a couple things parents can do? Not just this parent, but other parents who who when they look at their relationship with their kids and it's strained and think, Man, if I hadn't done that or if I hadn't been this, um, how do parents begin to forgive themselves? um i think spirit well we've talked about
1: therapy and so obviously that's going to be top of my list that they 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 find the counselor mentor the therapist um uh secondly would be look at spiritual life you know i really think that when we are dealing with issues like forgiveness um that spiritual life is very important and that a lot of assets come no matter what the person's religion or or spiritual path a lot of assets for forgiving ourselves come through spiritual language and through the connection with the 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 being or the presence or the self uh, the higher power that 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 uh, bestows forgiveness upon us let's say which helps us forgive ourselves Uh, so projecting outward Um, which is really inward in spiritual life, this higher power that forgives us, helps us to forgive ourselves. So I think spiritual life uh, is a really important part of this, and faith can be an important part of this. Um, Then, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of talking to the other people involved that we did things that we feel we did things to she said psychological abuse so my mm-hmm. guess is she got really angry yep. i'm just taking a guess that this had to do with a lot of anger and yelling so um owning up to that with those people as they will listen to that you know as it comes up uh owning up to it apologizing for it i mean i think apologize to uh, apologizing to others really helps us forgive ourselves um i think it's really important for her to find other people who have done these things that right now she may be having trouble forgiving herself for, but find these other people who have done these things, listen to their stories, tell her own story. Um, Some forgiveness of ourselves can come through voicing our stories, giving voice to our errors, um, uh, and, and expressing, if not to the people that we feel we have abused, expressing to others who have similar stories what we've gone through, what we did, And and what can happen there is that um, we we hear in other stories, you know, sometimes we hear stories worse than our own. And, and that actually helps us and sometimes we just just hearing other people tell their story feeling the resonance seeing that they are forgiven themselves helps us to forgive ourselves so it's it's definitely a journey and there are fits and starts in it where we think we've forgiven ourselves and then you know something comes up like at a family reunion and everyone's yelling again you know and then we, <laughs> we think oh i haven't forgiven myself i haven't forgiven them even you know right. and so it is important i think that the i'm gonna the one thing I want to tease out of this is if possible to talk to the people we feel we've wronged or who say we have wronged them, if possible to talk with them, uh, it, it, the neat thing about that is that then we are taking ownership and as we take ownership, you know, we we might actually hear from them. Uh, so it has a double benefit. We take ownership, what helps us forgive ourselves. But also another benefit may be that that, especially with these teens who are, might be relatively mature that we might find we have not harmed them um, as much as we thought, and that might help us forgive ourselves. You know, we see them and we say we look at them and say, you know, they, they're okay. They've turned out okay. Um, uh, they're they're doing they're doing okay in the situation they're in now, and um, that can help us forgive ourselves. But that one is more difficult if those kids won't talk to us. So if they won't talk to us, then we need to seek other people. Uh, you know, we, see, we need to rely even more on spiritual life, on therapy, on,
0: on hearing other people's stories and feeling a part of that, that network. And you said something earlier that um, those kids may or may not accept the apology uh, or, or even at this point want to reconcile. And uh, that's such an important thing to to say again that we can't own the response to our apologies. All we can own is our own stuff and the way that we respond to the things that we've done and try to heal that. Mm-hmm. What happens? What do you yep. do when when you feel like you've you've done everything you can? You've apologized. You've invited the person back into relationship, or you've asked if you can be invited back in, and they just say, "I want nothing to do with you." How how do you handle that? That because it's so debilitating, for a lot of parents.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, you 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 go. I I think she has some advantages, and what one goes into it, you know, if they say that, and that's very real. They may well say that, and especially especially maybe because they're teens, like they may they may forgive her at twenty five. But they don't want to talk to her at 15, you know. Um, uh, In fact, that's likely. And I think she should project that forward, that when they become adults, they may look back and they may go, oh, you know, she made those errors. But, you know, I forgive her. I get it. But at 15, they can't. So, So she has to go into it, I think, knowing that they will probably forgive her later but may not have the ability to do it now, that she cannot control the outcome as you've said, of her apology. And this is part of why she's in therapy and she uses these other assets to help her and and takes this as a, this as a life moment in which she heals herself using other assets than than these kids. Um, and in this case, one asset she has to help her is, you know, her husband, um, from her email, it appears that her husband is saying, I, I want the kids to come back we're going to fight for the kids to come right. back into our home and I'm not leaving my wife like I yeah maybe she made some mistakes with my kids who are my biological kids right which parents have a natural protectiveness of the biological kids but he does not seem to be being as hard on her as she is being on herself and and so maybe you know maybe she and maybe this can extrapolate out to others if there's someone else you know who who is your your mate, and that person is, is is not being as hard on you as you are yourself? Then maybe that can help us forgive, because he did not leave her, and he wants the kids come to come back into a home where she uh, exists. Uh, so I think she can use him also as an asset for self forgiveness. Uh,
0: both of us, in one way, shape, or form, are in the business of relationships. Uh, Me from a pastor perspective you from a therapist perspective and we've both seen families not just step families but families with their own biological kids where uh the the rift is is deep and you you look at it and you wonder if they can ever cross that divide and there's so much pain and so much anger and sometimes either side becomes really recalcitrant Uh, i'm not budging on this Uh, this is your problem and it, it really is heartbreaking um and yet at the same time, I know I want to say to parents, uh, you know, this, this relationship really matters. And um, do you want to live with the anger like that the rest of your life and be separated? Uh, what, what are things that, that you and your therapy session would say to parents or the kids where uh, it really, the, the divide is really, really deep? How do you help them begin to thaw some of that, ice how do you help them begin to take a few steps across the bridge yeah you know
1: I'll uh, my answer I'll actually start with us with the story because she brought it up because we must we must have talked I believe a year ago we talked about my relationship with her mom and so some people may with my mom may remember that my mom struggled with mental health issues all her life and while raising us kids and she was violent and um uh, she did abuse her kids she did beat me and she did beat my siblings and one of my siblings was taken out of the home by child protective services you know I mean that that was that was our lives so so that um so she and I had a very troubled relationship um she died 10 years ago but but you know there were I just want to say to everyone you know it is realistic that that you can go through you know decades where you are not talking to this person and even if uh I mean she and I went through many many years on and off of not talking to each other in my 40s and my 50s, you know, she died while I was in my 50s, but in my 30s and my 40s and in my early 50s, uh, we would I would keep trying to reconcile or, and usually it was me, um, would try to reconcile and try to have conversations and, you know, she couldn't do it. She would, she would, well, every once in a while she would try and I got to give her credit, but, but the problem for her was that if she were to admit all these things and try to talk about, to talk about them meant to admit them and then to admit them meant that her her internal construct by which she's able to survive which is the way she was able to survive was i was a good parent i did you know i that stuff that happened that didn't really happen right that's how she survived and thrived in her life after her kids were grown so it was that was a situation in which we really couldn't do what I'm suggesting for these families try to do because it was just too intransigent. And for about 10 years, I I have to admit for about 10 years, it was my problem too. Like I wouldn't talk to her about it, you know, and I would just be angry. So, so what helped me, uh, so that at least I could control my part of that was to target the anger and to, um, work through the anger because I'm going to be, um, I'm not going to want to come to the table if I'm still angry. And so hopefully the therapist or the help that those teen kids are going to get is to help to target their anger. So anger is what's on the surface. And let's work through that. And let's see how we work through the anger. Because in working through the anger, that's often the best way that I as a mentor or counselor can help them so that they... Uh, so that they then, all these other tentacles emerge from their anger, all these other things to look at, their own need to forgive themselves, you know, their their their, their resentments about their mom or their dad, you know, the biological. All, a lot of that you can get through by working on the anger. And so if I had to pick one thing out, I would say start with the anger and start trying to work through the anger. And the anger, and, and that methodology is also one that, that I think is good for men too cuz a lot of times you can't get men to come into to therapy or you can't you can often men won't reconcile like they're just this is it yep. this this is what happened it's your fault <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not my fault it's your fault and until you admit your fault 50 times I'm not going to you know give in so and some women can do that too but I often would find in my practice that the guys would enter the therapy sessions with that Well, why should I do anything? It's their fault, you know. And so I would have to help them work through the anger. And at least that gave them a target, you know, so that I wasn't just saying, how do you feel all the time? At least we could get in some problem solving and say, okay, you're really, really angry. Uh, Let's let's problem solve that. And, of course, they'd say, no, I'm not angry. But then, you know, quickly they would say, yes, I am angry. And here's why I'm angry. I'm angry because he or she did blank, right? And then, okay, so now we're moving through it and we're moving in there. Uh, so I, I think start with anger might be one strategy
0: I can help people use. And it's such great advice. Even if reconciliation doesn't happen, we can still own our own healing and um, and and work through, you know, the mistakes that we made, work through the hurt that was inflicted on us and um, and and try to come out the other side, stronger people, more resilient. In the hope of reconciling with our kids or our stepkids, knowing that that may not always happen, but but we can at least take responsibility for our own healing. And uh, you've given us a lot of great insights into how to do that. Appreciate it very, very much. And of course, Michael, we Thank always you. appreciate when you uh, open up a little bit of your heart to us and and let us see that uh, you, you're much of your wisdom comes from your own journey of of uh, setbacks and heartache and successes and failures, just like the rest of us. Mm. Yep, all said. Thank you. So we are uh, going to wrap up this session. We appreciate you listening. You can always send your questions to us, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.